You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. It's a bit mad to say, but we're already one week on from promotion and all those wonderful memories of Wembley and Market Square. We will touch on that a little bit more because we'll never get bored of talking about it. But we're also going to turn the clock forwards to next season in the Premier League, who for us have been linked with, what they need and the state of the squad in general. And to do that, first of all, I'm joined by Reds legend Gary Bertles. How are you, Gary? Yeah, not bad apart from a cheese. Yes, Um you sound fine to me, but you said you've yeah. got a problem with your teeth. So. Yeah, I, I snapped my plate on Friday. and I, Typical bank holiday, you can't get it fixed, so I've got to get it fixed after doing this. So if I've got a, a, a little bit of a lisp. So, uh, yeah. so I apologise profusely before we start. I can't believe you're just brushing that off. It sounds like quite a big deal to me, but you're a braver yeah. man than me, as we've established many times over the last two years. <laughs> Second guest today is Nottinghamshire Live's Reds reporter, Sarah Clapson. No dental emergency, Sarah, I take it. Are you well? Touch wood. Yeah, I know. I'm okay. <laughs> good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Right. Like I say, we'll talk a little bit about Wembley because um, you're both friends of the podcast and it'd be good to hear how you were. Um, Sarah, I say how you were. I mean, on the final whistle, you looked, uh, well, how were you? You thought you were going to throw up, you said to me. <laughs> Yeah, I was quite emotional. Um, I think it, it was just the culmination of a, of the whole season. I think more than anything, and the just the sense of what it was, the the scale of what Forest had done over the the whole time that Steve Cooper has been there, where they'd come from to where they'd got to. I think it was just so overwhelming, really. And it, it yeah, it was something that quite it, it took me aback at the time, um, and still does. Thinking about it, um, it, it was just incredible. What a, an amazing, amazing day on top of the best season um, I can remember covering in, in my career, certainly. And it was just remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Yeah, I've watched I watched videos back time and again. I haven't watched the game back. The game is horrendous. But I've watched the videos back from the final whistle and the celebrations. I mean, I didn't it even know I liked Friedman. Sorry? It wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I liked Friedman Desire as a song until uh, last week. It's going to adjust Gary's volume because that stops the crackling there we go all sorted uh gary you were in the royal box mixing it with the great and the good but um well how are the nerves in general for you and how is the experience i i think that there was more emotion after the sheffield united game for me it, it was just getting to wembley you know get to the final we were there and it was not always going to be a good game against uh, huddersfield but um i think we we handled the game quite well I think from back back to front, we handled it quite well. Um, I thought the three at the back were absolutely outstanding. I, I apologise again for this blooming lisp. Um, <laughs> it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, it was it was emotional. I, I was sat with Guy Moussi as well, and the two of us were just absolutely on edge all the game. It's the worst 96 minutes watching football I think I've ever encountered. And, um, you know, then Samba got injured and people said, oh, well, don't hope it don't go to penalties. And this, you know, all those little um, intricacies came into play. And uh, it was just, I had a great time the whole day. I went down Saturday because um, I didn't want to get caught in, you know, what was happening on the Sunday, apparently. And from the, the start, I went to the Green Man pub, which is a designated forest pub on the day of the game. 
because my kids were there and uh, they got in there earlier and I went. I had a couple of great hours with the fans, you know. I was the only one looked like a parcel because I got my suit on and, you know, tie and everything. They've all got their, you know, the, the scarves and everything. I must have had about, you know, 500 or so photographs taken and it was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. The fans were great. The atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. And to be part of that, the build-up to, to the game was, you know, it, it was a privilege really to be there. And, um, yeah, they, it was a lot of hilarity, a lot of nerves. You know, it was just a really, really good day. What kind of spread are you getting in the Royal Box? The good food? Um, you can't say things like that. Why not? It was, just, it was just like it was, it was just like a normal director's box, you know. Uh, just, okay. Yeah, it was one of those. We don't know what that's like. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we get we get media facilities. I was kindly invited there by the club, so it was fantastic to be be able to do that and. You know, just watch. I'm a great watcher of people um, and the reactions, you know, when things are going on the pitch. You know, obviously, I watch what's going on, but it's also good to watch what's going on around. And, yeah, there was so many nerves in that box. And um, you've got to give so much credit from, you know, the top, Mr. Maranakis. Um, we are so lucky to have him as an owner. And, you know, I think that was rammed home, really, at the civic reception you know he did the interview i didn't hear it or see it but apparently it was very good and you know the delight for you know them was you know fantastic to see he bought the club we know why he bought the club because of you know the european cup all those years ago now he's got us in the premier league you know and you have to say that i mean steve's done a, a magnificent job everybody at the club has done a magnificent job from players everybody backroom staff but it all starts at the, at the very top, you know, with Mr. Maranakis. And I think he got a little bit of stick unfairly um, at times, but he put money in when COVID was rife. You know, he, he continued to pay the wages all the way through where no crowds were going in. So we've got a, a great deal to thank him for. And uh, it was just nice to see a big smile on his face. There's some additional love for you in the comments, Gary, beyond the, the normal. You're a legend. The privileges with the fans who had the photos taken, says one fan. Um, Blue Nose 70, who's got a Rangers? Is that a Rangers logo? I think it's a Rangers logo. Yeah. Thanks, Gary, for his service. An absolute class player and a gentleman. And Simon, thanks you and Moose for the photo. I thought I'd show you that because, you know, we thought you might like it. Bit of extra love for Gary Bertels. Well, it's, it, you know, I'm a fan as well. You know, people forget that. My dad used to take me to, to Trenton when I was a kid. So I've always been a Forest fan. And to be with the fans, you know, before the game was absolutely superb. You know, the sun was out. Um, you know, the, the, the drink was out. I, although I didn't drink, I, I think I had about a pint and that was about it. Um, but it was, it was just, you know, fantastic. The atmosphere was brilliant. And thank goodness it all panned out in the right way. You probably made up for the beer in Market Square anyway the next day, I'm sure. Oh, very dare you. <laughs> Let's look ahead to um, next season then. And we're going to go through some of these transfer rumours in double figures and discuss a few of those. But in general, Sarah, I mean, would you take 17th right now? Is that the, <laughs> is that the aim and nothing more? Or are we, are we looking higher? What do you think? I think, yeah, that has to be survival, has to be the aim. But knowing how Steve Cooper works and the, the mentality and the attitude that he wants from everybody, it will be, let's just go there, take it a game at a time and see where we end up and aim as high as they can. He won't kind of set a, 
any kind of ceiling or, or, or limit on it. He'll want to he want to do his best, and he'll, he'll instill that in the the whole squad because that's the approach that he's always taken. Um, but I guess if you're you're kind of looking at it from a logical point of view, yeah, making sure that you stay in the the Premier League has to be the priority. Um, it won't be easy. It'll be it'll be difficult. There is that gap between the Championship and and the Premier League for sure, and it's about how adapting to it and and coping with it all. But I, I think Forest are more than capable of doing it. Mm. What do you think, Gary? They have to look above 17th. If you set that goal of just survive, is that a dangerous trap you're setting for yourself in a way? I think it can be, can't it? Because you're on the defensive from the first game then, if you're thinking like that. And as Sarah rightly said, I don't think Steve's like that at all. And I think he'll be given the, the, the wherewithal to go out and buy players and add to the squad. You know, players are going to leave. We've already spoken about that. Um, that's obvious. Um, but... Yeah, I'm I'm quietly confident because of the man who's in charge, you know, Steve Cooper, the way he goes around things and about things. And, you know, I've watched at length, you know, when he does training and it's just really impressive to watch what he does, how he does it, how the players react to it. And, uh, you know, it's been, you know, a privilege to be asked to go and, and, and watch these sessions and, and be, you know, made to be feel a little bit part of it, really. And... You know, I I never got into football to coach. It never appealed to me. And I think it's one of the hardest jobs possibly in football. And Steve just makes it look easy. You know, he's got that knack of making things simple, look easy, be easy. He's, you know, totally relaxed. Uh, the players are relaxed with him. And it, it's just great to see that, you know, the club have got the right man in charge the past, you know, you'll tell me how many managers have, have come and gone over the years. But, you know, his, his credentials speak volumes. Liverpool Academy, the England under-17s, you know, what he did with Swansea. And now he's the next man. You know, we've been waiting for that next manager to take us to that next step. And Steve wanted that. You could see how much he wanted that. And I'm just over the moon for him that, you know, he, he's been able to do it, to, to achieve it. And he'll be absolutely buzzing as well now because Wales got through to the World Cup, you know, last night as well. So a massive double whammy for him. Yes, well done to Brennan Johnson as well. Quite a week for oh, him. Oh, how good was he when he came on, by the way? Very good. I didn't see it. I was working. Everyone says he was. It annoyed me this morning because I watched the BBC Breakfast and the sports report. He said, oh, Brennan Johnson, Brennan Johnson could have made it 2-0 in a, in a tone that I thought, Hold on a minute. Do you know how difficult that was to do what Brennan did? More or less his first touch and he's hit the post. For goodness sake. (laughs) Staggering, you know, the way some people, you know, review things. Looking at the squad then, Sarah, I suppose there's a danger here, isn't it? You, You can go about this different ways. We've seen Brentford and Burnley and Leeds generally come up with the same squad and do quite well. And then counterpart to that, Watford have done all sorts of crazy different approaches. I think they brought basically a different team this season and struggled. What do you what do you hope Forrest will do? What do you think they're going to do in terms of the number of players that are going to come into the club? I think they will try to stick with the basis of, of what they had uh, of what they have at the moment um, and include the loan players as part of that and try to to make sure they they have that nucleus there because I think it was. Dave Murphy, who spoke last week and, and basically said, if it ain't broke, 
you know, why try and fix it? Why, why try and break something up when it's done so well and you've got that harmony and that, that unity and that team spirit that's carried them all this way and was so crucial to getting promotion in the first place to break that up. Um, I think he said it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Um, yes, it needs supplementing. You need adding to it and you need to make sure you have the right strength and depth and the, the right options there. Um, but for me, sticking with that group of players it is has to be the right way forward um, because they've shown what they can do. And the way that Forrest have recruited in the last two transfer windows, the kind of direction they've taken... A lot of it is young players with a, a lot of promise mixed in with a bit of experience. And I think that holds well in the championship. There was a lot of thought that went into that. And I know they did a lot of research on the kind of age range that you need within your squad to get promotion. And I think that also applies in the Premier League as well. You need young, exciting players, but you also need players with a bit of experience. And Forest have got that. They've got a few players who've played in the Premier League and who know what to expect. And you've also got your, your bright young talents. It's about trying to bolster what's there, um, but not disrupt it too much. Um, because that the team spirit and the, the unity was was so evident throughout the whole season, and it made such a massive difference. It's something that Forest haven't had in years gone by, and you can see what what you know it works wonders when you do have that. So I, I think they'll, they will make quite a few signings, but I, I don't think they will try and break that squad up too much. Is that a big thing to harness for you still, Gary? Momentum and unity can take them to a certain degree quite far, can't it? It can, but I, I, that won't get disrupted. The unity and the harmony of the club won't. It won't be allowed to, no matter who comes in. It almost reminds me of when Trevor came. You know, Brian Clough made sure that because he was the first million-pound player, there's no way he was going to disrupt what had been there before, what was going on then. And, you know, Trevor really appreciated that at the time. And, you know, he was, he was great for us. Uh, so anybody who comes in will be expected to just fit in exactly how the, the players are now. I uh, mm. saw the Sunday paper yesterday, uh, one of the Ukrainian strikers, you know, 10 million was mentioned. I think the lad who scored against Scotland, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, I think that is the one area desperate to uh, get right. You know, because Lewis Graben, you know, ages against him. Uh, Keenan Davis, will he go back to Villa? Um, and Sam Surridge, who I, I love, you know, what he does, the way he plays. Um, he's going to be there as well. Um, and you think, well, better players come in. Do they play, you know, better with better players? It's going to be interesting, you know, to see who does come in, who leaves, um, and what the squad will look like, um, you know, come the start of the season. But I think it needs... Probably four, four new signings, or maybe a couple more uh, to to add to that. Because we're going to lose players as well. There are going to be players leaving that squad, so they have to be the numbers have to be replenished. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Steve does. Yeah, let's go through it position by position. Then, um, Sarah, I wouldn't have signing a keeper wouldn't have really strengthened my uh, gone into my head at all uh, coming off the back of the season. But then we see yesterday. Uh, this rumour saying, the report in the Sun saying Forrest are interested in Nick Pope, Burnley want 40 million, Forrest would go to 12. I mean, is it a bit cheeky to turn your nose up at an England goalie? Is it an interesting use of money when there's probably it's limited to a certain extent? I mean, what do you think about rumours like this and where Samba stands? Yeah, I, I think Bree Samba is more than capable of, of 
being a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, I guess it's it's making sure you have a, a number two as well because Ethan Horvath is, is coming and he wants to play. He wants to be he wants to be a number one. Um, so I guess it kind of depends on him a little bit and how he sees his future as well. Um, but yeah, I, I I saw quite a few people responding to that that rumor and yeah, that you can't can't dismiss something when you're linked with an, an England goalkeeper, but. For me, I think there's other priorities. Um, I think there's other areas that that need strengthening more and would need more money spent than um, the goalkeeper position. Yeah, I suppose there's a precedent there in a sense, Gary, isn't there? I mean, when, you know, back in your time, Forrest went out and signed the best goalie in the world. That's not feasible yeah. now, but, you know, if there's a better goalie out there, then I suppose Forrest would be silly not to, to go for it. But, you know, we're all big fans of Samba, aren't we? Yeah, hold on a minute. I'm going to stick up for Samba here. Yeah, I we're all say, big fans of him. <laughs> I would, on. I would say he's better than probably half a dozen goalkeepers in the Premier League. Mm. I think personally, when he's on his, his his game and he doesn't do daft things, you know, he's a great uh, shot stopper. He comes out, takes the pressure off defenders, and you know, I, I, I honestly think he could hack it the uh, the highest level. Um, and spending that much on a goalkeeper, it's very excessive. And yeah, it's it's an emotive one again because he, he's been different class for us this season. And the yeah. penalty saves against Sheffield United, you know, we'll, we'll remember that for you know a long time to come. So uh, he, he deserves a chance at the top table without a doubt. And like Sarah said, I think there's more pressing positions to be sorted out than the goalkeeping one. Yeah, I'd be giving Bryce a new contract. Has he got a year left, hasn't he, Sarah, I think? Yes. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be giving him another few years and sticking with that. But you can't turn your nose up at, you know, Pope's a good goalie. I'm not a class actor. I'm not, not criticising that aspect of it. Um, Defence then, obviously, Cook, um, Worrell, McKenna, absolute linchpins of the team. But then beyond that, Sarah, Figueredo's probably going. Panzo and Embe Sarah are a bit young. Do you... I mean, do you assume Figs is going and do you expect maybe loan deals for Panzo and Embeso um, to get more experience now? Yeah, I think those two need to build up their game time and you're not, you're not going to get that in the Premier League and um, they need to start getting the experience, really. They've got a lot of promise and a lot of potential and they, they are very highly rated, but I think to include them as part of the, the, the Premier League squad, it doesn't quite have the right mix there. Um, so I, I would be looking to to strengthen in that department and add a bit of cover and somebody perhaps with a bit of experience as well um, because it's such a crucial part of the the team and it, those three, Worrell, McKenna and, and Cook have provided a great platform and we've seen the difference that they've made. So I think you want, you want somebody who can provide backup, who can provide competition, who can provide good cover there um, because it's so crucial to the way that Forest play. Hmm. What about you, Gary? Would you have any reservations about those three at the back cutting it in the Premier League? Um, it, it's always easy to say, yes, they can do it, or no, they can't, uh, until you put them in the Premier League. But I'll just say one thing. Uh, Leicester, Arsenal, Liverpool, you know, all three Premier League teams, and those three did particularly well. I think Figueredo might have been in there as well at the, at the time, maybe. But, you know, that, that prove that they can do it against you know, top teams. Because Arsenal, Leicester and Liverpool are three top teams in the Premier League. And, you know, we weren't outclassed by any of them. 
Liverpool, you know, sneaked it with that one goal. So that will give everybody a, a massive lift uh, going into the Premier League season. Uh, I, I think we've all seen, you know, the problems Leeds had at the back. They had a t- terrible defensive record and, you know, only only stayed up at the last minute sort of thing. Um, but, you know, that's the, that's the nature of the Premier League. You're taking that massive step up to another level. And as a player, you can't wait to do that and then test yourself against the best and see if you can do that in, a, in the top level. And uh, they'll be looking forward to it. But like I say, when you've had that opportunity against Premier League teams, it does help you. You, you make it makes you realise, yeah, OK. Uh, yeah, the, for me, it's about concentration. Uh, I've always said this before. At the top level, if you switch off uh, a little bit more than you would in the Championship, you'll get torn apart. You know, that's how good players in the Premier League are. You can get away with it in the Championship because it's, you're going down a league and the players aren't as good in the Championship as they are in the Premier League. But when you go to the top, the levels of concentration have got to be, you know, for 90 minutes. You know, you, you can't switch off. And, um, you know, that's the one thing I think maybe lets people down when they do get promoted from the Championship. Mm, true, true. Um, I think Figueiredo played against Liverpool, if I'm remembering that right. But um, yes. he's probably going to go. He's been a great servant, certainly. I'll just read out some of the names linked with Forrest and, uh, in terms of central defenders. Mikel Nade, who plays for St Etienne, who've just been relegated. Joe Roden, the Tottenham defender, who was with Cooper at Swansea. That one sounds sensible to me. J- Jamal Lascelles and Attila Salazai, I'm probably saying that horrendously. The Hungarian defender. I don't think there's anything You're in that. You're going to say Tiller the Hun, then. <laughs> well, I think he's about as likely to sign as that. As that that'd guy. be a comeback and a half, that would, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's a rumour from Turkey, which is like the Wild West for transfer rumours. So I'm not sure about that one at all. Um, right, right wing back. Jed Spence, Sarah, the saga. I mean, I assume it's going to rumble on a bit. He's away with the under 21s. It sounds like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Forest and Spurs are kind of the favourites, but Newcastle, Dortmund, Roma, Brentford are kind of all in the frame as significantly interested parties. How do you see it, this one developing? I think it's just a bidding war um, and who is willing to pay the most. And also, I think Jed Spence will probably have a say in it as well, where he wants to go. And that's something that you would hope um, will count in Forest's favour because he's loved his time. At the club, he's been happy there. He's played his best football there. He obviously has settled really well. Um, but if, I mean, he's linked with so many clubs and so many big clubs as well. He's got his pick, really. And if, you know, if you've got somebody like a Tottenham or, or somebody in Europe offering you everything that they can offer, um, it's it's difficult. Um, it, it, it's not an easy decision to make. I don't think it's something that's going to happen quickly you want to spend a bit of time thinking about it and like I say it's a bidding war it's who coughs up the most money so I think it might have a little while to run yet Hmm. well for once you'd like to think that wouldn't be the case you know the bidding war sometimes players will just say you know I want to stay here you hope that's the case rather than his agent saying well let's wait for the highest bidder and blah 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 you sometimes think the player would take it out the agent's hands a little bit and say no I don't want to go there I'm happy here you know whether that will happen or not I'm not sure but uh, yeah it'd be nice to see that 
it's easy to say what would you have done, Gary, but with an trying to be, you know, with an element of neutrality, the chance to play Champions League football with Spurs or the chance to stay at Forest where you know you developed as a player. I mean, it's a tough decision, I suppose, isn't it? It is, but is he going to be a first choice? You know, if you go to somewhere like Tottenham, you know, will he be, you know, playing on a regular basis? You know, it's all right saying Champions League, but if, if you're on the bench, you're not really playing Champions League unless you're, you know, thrown on as a substitute. So in that respect, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons, whether you're going to be, uh, you know, a regular in the first team. And that's never guaranteed. So it is a difficult one. He's a young lad as well. He's got a lot to learn still, but, you know, he's had a magnificent season along with Brennan Johnson and, uh, he, you know, rightly getting all the plaudits he deserves because he, he, you know, he's a real threat going forward. And um, it's no surprise that a lot of teams are looking at him because everybody wants somebody with pace, with a bit of creativity in the final third. He's got, you know, a couple of tricks up his sleeve. You know, he's, he's one of those who are so difficult to stop when he's in full flow. Uh, although mm. I think in the, to be fair to Sheffield United and Huddersfield, they played him quite well in those in the games we saw. You know, they. I think they nullified the threat, but he's always liable to wriggle free and, and make something happen. You know, if, if he if he's if he's shackled for about eighty five minutes, you know, you have five minutes in a game where he can turn a game on its head. He's that sort of player, and mm. uh, it'd be interesting, you know, to see what Forest will do to try and keep him. True, true. I'm sure they're drawing up a list of alternatives. One of those is Issa Kabore, who's a Man City player who had a season on loan at. Trois, I think you would say, in France, and one best young player, Afcon. He's 21, so he's very promising. There's also Richie Larea, Sarah. We don't really know much about him still, do we? He's been here for six months. He wasn't on the bench for the playoff final. Is he still a good option, potentially? I think he's a he's maybe a squad option. I'm not sure he's seen quite as a first choice at the moment. Um, I think he's he's still adapting and still learning. And I think he, he's maybe still got a little way to go to push himself up that pecking order. Um, I thought he looked he looked pretty decent when he, he has played. Um, I mean, he's not really got a proper chance to get going, but he's kind of shown flashes of what he's capable of and, and what he can do. But would he play week in, week out in the Premier League? Um, I'm not so sure at the moment. Um, I, I think... It, I think it would be tough for him, um, having come in and taken a while to adapt to English football in general and the Championship, to then expect him to make the step up to the Premier League. I think that would be a big ask. Mm. There's a sort of question like that for Max Lowe, isn't there, Sarah, about whether he could step up? Uh, do you get the sense Forrest want to buy him? Yeah, I think they will try to. Um, it's it's whether it's what Sheffield United want, I guess. And when you're a Premier League club, there's always a, a Premier League premium in Clubs think they can charge you a little bit more than um, what a player is probably worth. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been in the Premier League. He perhaps didn't have the best of seasons, but he wasn't particularly happy at Sheffield United. Um, he wants to come to Forest. He's, he's made that very, very clear. I know they've, um, they've said that they're not under any pressure to sell him, um, but I think they, they will have to cut their cloth a little bit. So if Forest pay the right amount of money, I'm pretty sure they would get him. The only question mark, I guess, is over his injury record because he, he's struggled with that this season um, and he has in the past as well. And it's whether you take a little bit of a risk, I guess. Um, is he going to be fit for a whole season? Is that something you just kind of 
take with the territory. It's a it's a difficult one because I, I think he's he is really good, and I know that Steve Cooper really does like him. Um, he he rates his his defensive ability um, probably a little bit more than Jed Spence's, and he does offer something going forward as well. So I think he'd be a good addition um, if Forest can get him for the right price. But that's I guess the same for a lot of players. It's all about getting the right price. You don't want to be overspending because all of a sudden you're you're splashing millions around and you end up with not a lot for your money. Mm. You nodded at the injury comment there, Gary. I mean, you don't want to be relying on Jack Holback in the Premier League, really. You want Jack in midfield, don't you, in his specialist role? Yeah, but what he's done in the role he's been given has been exceptional. That's why he was up there vying for player of the year, player of the season. Um, I think he's been absolutely fantastic for Forrest. He's, he's gone about his business so professionally, you know, and like McKenna as well, and Cook, you know, you, and Worrell. All these players, you know, you thought Jed Spence would be up there for, you know, player of the season, Brennan Johnson, rightly so. But you're talking about, you know, players further back, you know, defenders, and you build success from the back. You know, Brian Clough always did that. Get, you know, that keeping clean sheets are so important. Um, and that showed in the uh, the final at Wembley. Yeah, we weren't at our best. There were a lot of nerves out there. We were giving the ball away quite a bit. But, like I say, I think we managed that that final really well. Um, marshaled by the experience at the back. Um, and th- that includes Jack and, you know, the, the three lads in the, the middle. Um, it, it, it was a collective performance on the day that was enough. You know, it was enough. It was an own goal. You know, Brian Clough would have been looking down saying, yeah, I'm delighted with that. One nil, clean sheet, own goal, don't care. And that that's how you have to face these things. We stopped them scoring. They never, had, you know, hardly had a shot. They had a lot of possession. You know, they moved the ball quicker than us at times. But we cope with it because the game plan was there, you know, from the manager. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, he should have been manager of the season for me, you know, in every c- capacity because, you know, what he got out of that, that, you know, a lot of the same players in that squad was phenomenal. You know, the belief they have in him and the belief he has in them, you know, it's just, it's been staggering. It's been great to watch because I know what it's like, you know, when you've got a group of players who just play for each other, you know, that's why we won what we did. You know, it wasn't a fluke. It was just that, you know, we've got a great squad together, great camaraderie. And, um, you know, that's what seems to be happening under uh, Steve now with, with the, the, the group of players he's got. And, yeah, it, that puts a smile on my face. And, you know, he's put a smile on the whole city, city of Nottingham, Steve. You know, incredible. You know, and um, just watching people enjoy themselves at the civic reception, you know, from Mr. Maranakis down, you know, all the uh, the people involved from Greece, you know, they were just absolutely over the moon. And it was just fantastic to see those massive smiles on their faces. Yeah, everything does feel a bit better after after Wembley, certainly. Um James Garner, sir, I guess we go through the team. Forrest obviously want him back. What's the latest on him? I think that one, it's been a little bit patient with. Um, obviously, he's, he's Manchester United's player. They've got a new manager in. He wants to assess him um, and, and see what, what he can bring, I guess. Um, so I think that's one that is going to take a little time. Um, Forrest are right at the head of the queue if... Manchester United do want to send him out on loan again um, or if they want to sell him I guess um, because he needs Premier League experience now and Forrest can now offer that um, so that definitely counts in their favour but it all depends on what um, Manchester United th- 
think and, and where they see him in, in their plans. And that's something that I think we're going to have to wait until pre-season, until they've had a chance to assess him properly. So that's that's one that requires a bit of patience. Hmm. I mean, they've also got Cafu, Brian Ajada, who another one in my need alone, Tyrese Ford in my need alone, Harry Arter still on the books. And I don't want to anger people, but players often have pay rises written into their contracts after promotions. So he might be on uh, yet more money for another year before his contract runs out. Is this one area, Gary, where you think Forrest might have to add a little bit of support for Yates and if Garner is, is back, still needs someone else? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't do a great deal about contracts. All you can do is probably buy the contract out and say, you know, we'll pay you up and you know, thank you very much. And th- th- that happens. Um, whether the player wants that or not, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I think plan all the plans will, will obviously be in place. The one thing you've worried me about with players associated with coming to the club, I've not heard of any of them. Yeah. that that's And I think that will worry fans as well a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not you, obviously. I don't watch a lot of foreign football. I used to commentate on it, but I don't anymore. So I, I used to see players, you know, like that and could comment on them. But because various companies lose contracts, you, you know, you don't do it anymore. Um, I think you know maybe the fans will be looking at. We've we've mentioned Pope, and we, we know about him. You know his credentials, uh, England goalkeeper, and they'll be probably happier with that than some of the names you've mentioned. Uh, because we know how difficult the Premier League is. You know, coming over and getting acclimatised to the Premier League is very, very difficult. Even the great players who've who've come from, you know, the top, you know, Henri, and it, it didn't hit off straight, uh, straight away. Mm. You know, so it, it's not always that easy. The greatest players probably, can, you know, do it better than most, but it's not an easy league to come into because of the nature of it. It's just absolutely full on. You know, it's it's fast, it's frenetic. It's different to Spain. It's different to Italy, and uh, yeah, it's you've got to get the right players to come in to be, you know, acclimatised to the Premier League. I think, you know, people with experience who've, who've been there, done it a little bit, and then bring in players around, you know, those players who who know what it's all about. Mm. I'll just read the names out of the players that have been linked in for central midfield. Uh, Joe Rothwell, free agent from Blackburn, um, had a pretty good time there. Callum Styles from Barnsley, 21-year-old. Forrest have kind of been linked with him. I, was, I remember trying to get his agent's number a year ago to try and chase that one. So that sounds pretty realistic. He's 21 and just played for Hungary against England through his grandmother's uh, side. And Will Smallbone, who plays for Southampton, who's been linked with a loan. But Forrest only get two loans, so... You really want to go for quality there. I don't know very much about him at all. Um, wingers, uh, Zinkenagel, Sarah, good season. Will Watford want him back? Do you think to try and lead their charge, try and get back in the Premier League? Yeah, I think he's he's out of all the loans, he's perhaps the one with a little bit of a, a question mark. Um, I think because he, he can be a bit inconsistent. Um, and yeah, Watford will, will probably think, well, He's got two promotions now in successive seasons and he's he proved himself in the championship this year with Forrest. And, and I think they'll probably look at him and think, well, he can play a big part for us next year. Um, I think he'd be great to come back because he d- he does that role so well. He's so crucial to it. Um, he doesn't always get the credit he deserves, I think. And yeah, he can be a bit up and down and he can be a bit frustrating with the decisions he makes and the, the shots he has. And he, he probably... Sh- he should have scored more goals than he has for sure. Um, but if you if you really watch him play, he works so hard and he's so integral to that that pressing, you know, the press that Forrest have. And 
he just links everything up really well. So I, I would definitely have him back um, because, again, he's somebody that, that knows that Forrest will know what they're going to get. They know what they're going to expect from him. He knows the club. He's settled in well. Um, and I think he he can have a role to play next season. Um, but again, it's up to Watford. What do you think, Gary? He put up good numbers, but he, he had spells of the season where he wasn't in form and spells where he was on fire. Do you, do you rate him enough to play it in the Premier League? Uh, he's the one, I, I think, who frustrates me a little bit more than anybody uh, because he's, he's clearly got the ability. But the number of times um, he's gotten really good areas and should have scored, didn't score um, in big games, the Liverpool game, Sheffield United away, um, the one that, was it um, Jack Colback scored, where he, he perhaps should have scored. The goalkeeper saved it on the line. Mm. Um, his assist, yeah, assist-wise, he's, he's, he's really good. But it, it, it's all about consistency, I think. And um, sometimes he is the one, he always seems to be the one who gets bought off, uh, you know, and substituted. So, yeah, it, it, why why did Watford let him go? You always ask questions like that. Um but that's down to Steve and the pe- people at the club. They will have a list of players they know they don't want any more that are going to be leaving the club. And until you know we see that list, you know we can just speculate, and that that's all we can do. True, true. One player who we're pretty sure Forrest do want, not sure they've put a bid in yet, but uh, they're certainly keen. Is Morgan Gibbs White, Gary? One player you will have seen play for Sheffield United. Obviously, he missed that penalty against. Forrest, but he looks a real... He, he's a good player, isn't he, Gary? He certainly looked it. Yeah, he, he looked lively, he looked like a, a, a big threat, and he looked like a player who would play very well with better players around him. I think you can only grow and learn when you've got better players around you and experienced players around you. And he'd come to a club that would embrace that, you know, because I keep, I keep using that word, but I can't help it because that is what is happening at our football club at the moment. And, uh, you know, we feel comfortable within um, the system that that Steve plays, the way he goes about it. Training always looks like fun. And, you know, that's that's the important thing. You've got to enjoy going into work. And that's why, you know, we always used to love it going into work with Brian Clough because totally different to what it is now. It was the unpredictability about it then. We just didn't know what's happening from one day to the next. You couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen. Because, you know, you might be told to bring your passport in because we're going to Callum Law. Or, you know, he'd take your Woolen Park and run the legs off you. You know, it was just, it, it, then you got two or three days off. Yeah, so it's, it's a whole lot different now. But like I say, the, the professionalism down at that football club at the moment is overwhelmingly good um, in, in every facet of the, the club. You know, from the chairman, you know, People got a lot, you know, stick at, at, at certain times. At certain times, apologise for my teeth again. Um, but uh, you know, I, I thought wrongly because I always said at the time, "Be careful what you wish for," and that that's come to fruition. You know, I, I hate to say I was right, but you know, the people at that football club who went through all that, you know, I don't know what to call it, getting stick from you know fans and everything. It's easy to give stick out, but if you if you stick with people who are good people, then you get the rewards that we're seeing now. And I think the whole football club, from top to bottom, is in a very, very, very good place at the moment. And um, 
yeah, and that's down to the people who who've been there all the way through it, the process, and since Steve came in, and we've all been waiting so long for you know that sort of comment to be coming out, but you know, especially you know me as an ex-player, you know, I'm, I've been desperate for the club to get back in the Premier League to do well, and I, I haven't been able to get the smile off my face, you know, since it all happened, and yeah, there's a lot of good people at that football club, and. Um, and, and thank goodness they they stuck by them and they've got us there. You know, collectively, they've got us there. They've got the right manager at the right time and, you know, it, it's it's all come together. You know, recruitment is good because, you know, everything seems to be in place in the right order at the moment. And, yeah, I just can't wait for next season now. Uh, let's reserve the last 10 minutes or so for strikers and rattle through those. Uh, I don't want to keep people too long. Sarah, a couple of names we have to talk about. Um, Keenan Davis, first of all, and then Lewis Graben. Um, we'll come on to other bits after that. Davis, Sarah, it feels like there's a deal to be done there, hopefully, you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know he's very keen. Um, and he, he Again, another lone player that's really enjoyed his time at the club. It's what, what Villa want for him, I suppose, and, and how much um, Forrest are, are willing to pay. But I think he'd be a, a, a terrific addition. Um, he's been fantastic since he came and made a real difference. Um, and I think he would cause a lot of Premier League defences problems because of the way he plays. Um, very different striker to, to Sam Surridge, for example, but offers something else and, and has his own strengths that, that he can bring. Um, it was a real boost having back for the playoffs. So... I would definitely be be trying to get him back. And um, I, again, it's, you just don't want to pay too much. If if Forrest could get the right price for him, he'd be a great um, addition. But it's, well, it's how much Villa drive it up by. I'll tell you what, um, I, I, I'm like you, Sarah. I like what he does at times. Um, but I didn't like what he did in the final. Because I watch centre-forwards, I watch strikers. It was a lovely summery day. Uh, he got gloves on, for, uh, but I don't know why. That's one of my big bugbears. I think it's superstition. Okay, so I'll, I'll give him that one then. But <laughs> I thought his performance was one of the poorest I've seen from him. Um, because Sky do the games, I they they get the stats at half time of you know how many touches players have and everything. And I text the commentator, uh, I've worked with Daniel Mann, uh, to find out how many touches he had in the first half. Twelve. Mm. 12 touches and I kept watching him and this is, you know, this is just me as a, a, an ex-striker who I think I'm entitled, um, I, I think I'm entitled to, you know, comment on it because, you know, I did play at a decent level and I was a workaholic when I played football. You know, I was never, I never stopped. I was always closing down and I watched the first 45 minutes and I was watching the poor midfield players on the ball and then I was watching him and there was no movement. He was just walking. And he wasn't even coming towards the ball. And I'm thinking, for goodness sake, you know, what, are you going to wake up in a minute and do this? And I like him because I've seen him totally dominate, you know, Premier League uh, defenders. But that, that afternoon, it was just, whether it was nerves or not, I don't know. But um, well, he, said, that, he said afterwards he felt his hamstring early in the game, but then should oh, he right. have not come off really? If you've, got, if you've got a hamstring problem, you come off because hamstrings, if you've got a hamstring, you know you've got a hamstring. Yeah, um, it, limits you, yeah it may be a little bit, you know, unfair on him, but um, but I have to be like that because he, he plays in my position and, you know, I watch things like that and 
I think, well, what would I have done in that, that situation? Um, and like I say, I, I was like, you know, cat on a tin roof. You know, I, I was just all over the place. I always wanted to give the man on the ball an option. You know, I'd always come towards him, offer myself up. And if not, then I'd spin and, and go the other way. And, you know, he didn't do that in that first 45. And uh, I think because our defence played so well, that, you know, may, maybe um, let him off the hook a little bit regarding that. But um, then, you know, Sam Surridge comes on and he's totally different. You know, his movement causes problems for defenders. He drags them out of position. And it was good that we got that difference. You know, I'm not having a go at Keenan Davis. It it sounds like I am. I'm possibly on that one f- first half performance. I was dis- disappointed, but yeah, nerves nerves can come into it. But um, I don't know. I'm thinking. Yeah, I always think why football clubs let players go out and loan. Um, sometimes it's because maybe they don't fancy them or they want them to get you know a little bit of experience and. I think he's got it. I think he's just got to realise he's got it. And when he realises that totally, then he'll be, you know, a total different player. Um, So it's not a, you know, major criticism. It was just on that one performance in that 45 minutes. Yeah, as someone points out in the comments as well, obviously Surridge was carrying an injury and he's gone off to Germany to have surgery. So they were both crocs. So I guess it was managing through the game. Um, The other striker to talk about, what did you do with Lewis Lewis Graben, Gary? Do you have to invest now in a real top quality striker? I, I think so. I, yeah. I think that is the most important position. Um, probably because I played that position, but you know they do the hardest job in the business. They, they score goals, and in the Premier League, you, you you're desperate for that. Um, you see the teams that go down. You know, I, I I did Premier League games, and the top scorers in some of the uh, clubs were less than ten. You know, like uh, Ward Prowse, I think, was a top scorer for Southampton. But then uh, you see other clubs, and uh, I think Six was one of the top scorers. My teeth are uh, doing my head in here, by the way. <laughs> um, I've got to get sorted today. Uh, yeah, it, it, so I, I, you're going to struggle if you don't score goals. Um, and if you can see goals as well, like Leeds, Leeds you know, that's why they were at the bottom. And that's why Everton struggled, because they've got no regular goal scorer. So that that's the importance of having somebody there who will get you at least double figures. If you can't get into double figures, you know, as a team with a with a striker, then you're going to be in the bottom half of the table struggling because, you know, if you don't score, the pressure becomes more intense on defenders, and uh, yeah, it, you get pushed backwards. So it's important they get that uh, that position sorted. I think. What's your instinct on grabbing Sarah? Because he was keen or uh, he was certainly close to going to the Middle East at one stage, wasn't he? Do you think maybe Forrest shake hands with him and let him go and have a big payday and finish up there, maybe? Um, I think it's a, a difficult one. Partly it's what he wants and whether um, he wants to, to go elsewhere. Um, from Forrest's point of view, I think it is tough because he can score goals and I think he, he probably could still do that at Premier League level, even though his age just count against him a little bit and you do have to take sentiment out of it. Um it's tough, and he's a he's a leader. I know um, Steve Cooper rates that aspect of his his personality very highly. The fact that he's he's been captain and he's he's really helped some of the younger players on. He's 
worked a lot with Keenan Davis. Um, and I think he's carried that role really well this season. I think previously it's something that maybe weighed heavily on him. Um, whereas this this year he's really he's really risen to that challenge. Um it's tough. It, it really is tough. Um because you, you've only got a certain amount of money and you, you do want to use it wisely. You want to use it on, on, on players that Forest obviously have a younger a profile that they're looking at. Um yeah, it's difficult because I, I think, I still Claire, think he has something to offer. I think under Again, under Steve, uh, he's looked a different player for me. Yeah. yeah, I think his work rate, you know, really improved. Uh, you know, I watched him on the pitch, and, and he, he's trying to lead by example. You know, he, he's um, vocal. And before, you know, I don't think you know he, he was like that so much. But that, that, that again is down to Steve Cooper. You know what what he's done and how players re, re, respond to how he wants them to play. And it's like, you know, we've said it before, the shackles were off on every player in that squad. And Lewis was, you know, one, you know, to include in that because, you know, he, his movement was better, I think. You know, the thought process seemed to be better when he was on the pitch. Um, you know, he was, you know, you saw him gesticulating. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a different player for me under Steve. And I, I think you can say that about a lot of them. And, that's where you know so much credit goes towards you know, the coaching staff and and Steve uh, because you, you saw different things from players who you didn't think you'd see that from and um, yeah age always is against you but Lewis is one of those who if you have him on the bench you know he comes on for 15 20 minutes you know if the service is right you know he can get you out of a hole or he can you know maybe nick you a win in the last because he can finish you know if the, the service is good enough. So it, it's it's one that Steve's going to have to really, you know, grapple with because, you know, we know at his best he can, you know, get the goals. He is a finisher, and you always want a finisher. Right. I think we'll leave it there. I'll just mention the names of the players Forrest are interested in or linked. Although I would say as Sarah will Sarah will attest as well. All these names mentioned are probably going to be completely different to the ones that actually sign because that's the time of the season we're in. But uh, Habib Diallo, a Senegal striker who played for Strasbourg. Gary mentioned Artem Drovbik, if I'm saying that right, who plays for Dnipro in Ukraine and is a Ukrainian international. And uh, the other one is Armando Broja, who is at Chelsea, who was on loan at Southampton last season. Lots of teams looking at him. Newcastle, West Ham, both Milan clubs are linked. So we'll see where that one goes, if anywhere. But I think, like Sarah said, Keenan Davis is uh, at the top of that list. Right, we'll leave it there. I've got three more episodes lined up, one for this week and then a couple for the next two weeks. And we'll come back when there's actual concrete transfer news, I'm sure, and keep doing these through the summer. So thanks to everyone who watched along and uh, gave lots of positive feedback over the last few weeks. Incredible figures for ratings. We were in the top 10 for the UK pod football podcasts for the whole country last week. Well, the top six, I think we made it to at one point, which was pretty mental. So thanks for that. Uh, Gary, thank you very much. We'll let you get your teeth fixed. Oh, desperate, desperate. Well, we appreciate you joining us and soldiering on for 51 minutes. It was very noble of you. So much Pleasure. appreciated. Sarah, thank you. Thank you. And we shall see everyone later this week.